thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right, Daniel chapter six. Let me give you the context here. Uh, and then we'll uh, read the scripture, and then we're going to pray. We're only going to read a little bit uh, because there's so much in this one verse. And I realized uh, after reading Daniel 6 today that this is like a six-week series, just chapter 6. Um, so uh, I'm not going to preach longer today. I'm just going to pick one of them. All right, so we're just going to go verse 10 today. Um, but I'm excited about, uh, in Daniel 6, just this prayer content in these 21 days of prayer But here, kind of where we're at with this whole series in Daniel, we call it Stronger because of the lifestyle that Daniel lived. And so in Daniel 1, it said that Daniel came out stronger, or Daniel came out 10 times better. And so the idea is is that as we face a culture that's continuing to slide towards immorality, to slide towards really less and less honoring of God, how you and I can live in that culture and still reflect Christ how you and I can not slide just because the culture slides. And so in Daniel 1, we talked specifically about the fast uh, that Daniel and his friends did in terms of um, not eating the king's food. And then we talked last week in Daniel 3 about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow. And it was a little bit more about worship. And then today we're in Daniel chapter 6, famous story um, about Daniel Uh, going to the lion's den, although we're not going to make it to the lion's den today. Uh, We're not going to get that far. We're just going to get to that moment where Daniel prays instead of of living in fear. All right, so I'll probably talk about lions, but we're not actually going to read much about lions. Verse 10 of Daniel chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles, let's go. Verse 10, it says this. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so this, this was the document that said, that whoever does praise to any other God would go to the lion's den, that there would be a negative ramification. Daniel, when he knew there was signed, he went home. It's interesting. So he's about approximately 80 years old, and he goes home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, so he's in exile, he's in Babylon, and he opens up his windows towards Jerusalem. So it's a statement of the loyalty of his heart. He knelt down on his knees three times that day. So in the middle of the bad news, in the middle of the death might be impending, it might be around the corner, he goes and he prays three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would help us pray, that we would be a people that pray even inspired by the life of Daniel. Daniel in his 80s would inspire us in our teens or our 20s or our 40s or our 60s or in our 80s, wherever we're at in our lives. We honor you and we love you. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want to entitle this message Facing Lions because in this moment, Daniel has the possibility of facing lions and the decree from King Darius comes and says, don't do that. Don't pray to your God. 
And so here Daniel's got the choice. Daniel knows King Darius. In fact, Daniel serves under four different kings. And right here, he's got the opportunity to either live like most of us live with panic, but he chooses to pray. And I think as all of us live out our lives, we often have that choice in front of us. When you receive the news that there's potential hardship in front of you, what will your first response be? Will it be to panic or will it be to pray? So you get the envelope in the mail and it's a bill far bigger than you expected. Will you panic or will you pray? You accidentally find out that your wife is pregnant with triplets. Will you panic or will you pray? Just kidding, dad. Ha ha ha. All right. Whatever your story is, all of us will face these moments where it's, it's a pop quiz. And I want to, I want to refer to those moments as lions today because it could be an envelope. It could be a phone call. I remember a phone call that changed my life that was uh, forever changed my trajectory. It was, it was awful news. It was news that was so painful. It was, almost seemed impossible to be true. And how do you respond in those moments? Maybe today you get a text message. Maybe today you see something online. Maybe it's news on the television. But all of us will have these moments that are probably not as painful even as Daniel's, where here's the reality, Daniel. You continue in that prayer trajectory, and you're going to face the lions. You're going to die. You're going to go to your death. And I want to invite you to just begin to think about how do you respond? And what I love about Daniel is that Daniel responds in prayer. And because of prayer, Daniel possesses courage instead of panic when he receives this painful situation. There's a lot of peace. Uh, but Daniel, right in that moment, is able to pray. And so he faces the lions. He faces the lion's den with courage. And my dream is for you and me as a church that our prayer culture is so strong, that your individual prayer life is so strong that we are not like a roller coaster with emotions every day going up and down, but that we could face difficulty. We could face trials. We could face the bad news with courage. And how would you get there? Is it just an external fake emotion? Or could it be courage like a rock on the inside that is only demonstrated externally because it's true internally? And what's the place? How do we get there? It's, it builds from prayer. So that's kind of my thesis today. My goal is for you to just lock in that as a person of prayer, as a person that consistently prays, courage will grow inside of you so that you can face tomorrow. I grew up singing a hymn, because he lives, I can face tomorrow and all all the old school hymn people start singing with me. Because he lives, all fear is gone. You don't have to sing. I know you're not really going to, but that's my dream for us because God lives. Because my story is not just my circumstance. My story is in relationship with God. So because God is at work inside of me that though I received the bad report from the doctor, though I received the bad report from, uh, in the envelope about the bill, though the relational tension exists, I will not fear. 365 times-ish, different Bible scholars kind of say different names, but a lot of people like to say 365 because it matches how many days are in the year. But about 365 times, we are told in the scriptures, do not fear. That's a lot. In fact, it's the number one command in scripture, do not fear. Yet, specifically as Americans, people can make a lot of money if they get you afraid. So we tend to live with a lot of fear. 
We tend to live with fear, worry, anxiety. And yet you've got this story in the Old Testament that says, here's an example of somebody, Daniel, who lived as a man of prayer so that when he faced the dark moment, he was a man of courage instead of a man of fear. That's where I'm going. I think many of you think, oh no, I know the story of Daniel. Here's the message of the story of Daniel. If I live well, and I'm an example to everybody, and I'm an example of holiness in Babylon, then when I face the challenging moment and I go to the lion's den, I'll be set free. If I'm a good person, if I do good things, and I go to the bad lion's den, I'll be okay. Here's the reality. The message of Daniel is this. If I walk with God, and if I pray, then I can have courage and I can walk with God and I can go to the lion's den with courage. And I may get set free from the lion's den or I might be eaten by lions. It matters not because I'm walking with God and therefore my life is not defined by my circumstance. My life is defined by my relationship. So no matter what happens, I'm okay. It's a very different way to see this narrative. But that's my dream for us. My dream is that you'll face your lions and all of us will face lions. Here's some news. High probability you will face lions this week. High probability you will face struggles this week. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, hey, guess what? In this life, you will not have any trouble because you're my disciples. He says the opposite. Hey, in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Here's the reality. As you walk with God, as you walk in prayer, he gives you supernatural strength in the midst of the trials, in the midst of your lions, in the midst of your difficulty. So I love as a prayer text, Isaiah 40, where it says this idea, they that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It's this idea. When you spend time in prayer, when you wait upon God, God is at work inside of you and he gives you supernatural strength. Those who feel, feel weary, he gives you strength. And so the first idea I'd like us to lock in with today is this. Here's Daniel. He gets the bad news and his custom, what he had always done. In fact, when we read Daniel 1, when he was a young man, most scholars guess about 15, and he's got this lifestyle of walking with God. Now we've got this whole spiritual journey through multiple kings of Babylon, where he has walked in faithfulness and relationship with God. So when the crisis comes, we're going to throw you to the lions if you continue to bow to your God, which is kind of the flip story of last week. Last week, it was, you better bow to our God. This week, it's just don't bow to your God. It's still Babylon coming after you, trying to push out worship and prayer. But here's Daniel, and Daniel in that moment is able to say, I will continue to thank my God. And, when, and I'm just thinking about 80 years old, and he leaves the palace where he works, and he's still going to his house three times a day. It's a priority. It's important. And he opens up the windows and bows before God. How do you get that? What, what on earth? Here's what I want to encourage you to. Number one, prayer fuels us. When you wait upon the Lord, it gives you strength. So it's not merely Daniel's personality. Many of us would say, well, maybe Daniel's just kind of a bold person. <laughs> no, it's not Daniel's personality that gives him the strength. It's God that gives him strength in the midst of the crisis. Prayer fuels us. Think about it this way. When you think about uh, driving a vehicle, 
And if you run out of fuel, you're on the side of the road. So the way that you continue is you make sure that you constantly refuel, right? You, some of you live with different levels of E than others, but you've got this pretty much for the most part a decision. I am not going to live with no fuel because you won't go anywhere. A lot of people are constantly on the side of the road spiritually because they just don't refuel because they won't get with God. But those that wait upon the Lord, he renews their strength. So if you could think of it as God giving you supernatural strength. I was thinking about this in terms of Jesus, because though Daniel is a great example, as you know, Daniel just points us to Jesus. There's a greater Daniel. It's the story of who Jesus is. Our ultimate example of who we're trying to identify with and trying to become like is not Daniel, it's Jesus. And like Daniel got a way to pray, Jesus gets a way to pray. If you read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we've got multiple times where Jesus would sneak off to get alone with his father, or Jesus would pray all night, or Jesus would get up early while it was still dark to be with his father. So it's just thinking about Jesus making that a discipline like Daniel made it a discipline. And I was just wondering what might be the content of that kind of prayer time. Nathan and I recently made a podcast uh, where we talked about uh, what the content of our times alone with God look like. And I think that all of you probably have different kinds of uh, ways that you spend time alone with God and and some of you will journal, and some of you read one-year Bible, and some of you might go for a walk, and some of you, you got different ways. Renata and I are different in how, and what it looks like for us, and each one of our kids are a little bit different in how it looks for them. But I was thinking about Jesus alone with his Father, and, and we have this little window about the Father's voice to the Son. So there's some times where we see Jesus praying to the Father. We get some on the cross. Um, we get some in John 17, uh, that's a long text, 26 verses where we get Jesus prayer. And yet first person speaking over the second father, speak over the son. We've got two times where we see this audible voice. And I want you to just see the tone of the father to the son. So I know you came to church today and you're getting, uh, a little bit about the relationship within the Trinity. Welcome to radiant. All right. But here's the father speaking over the son and listen to this. Cause he says the same thing two times. Here at the baptism event in Matthew chapter three, he says, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. Then Matthew 17, Mount of Transfiguration, you have him say the same thing. This is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. He adds a fourth one, listen to him. But I just want to lean into that because what might the father's tone be for you when you're alone with God? So you're sitting around um, at a Starbucks on 151st in Metcalf, or you're sitting at a hipster $6.33 coffee shop for one latte um, down somewhere near the plaza, or you are sitting by yourself on a couch in, at your house with a 27 cent Folgers. What's up, baby? I mean, like you figure out what it looks like for you, but what is actually taking place? What's going on? And, he, and, and I think some people think, I don't know that I want to get with God because I don't know what God would say to me. I don't know what his tone is. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus prays in John 17, 23. He, in that high priestly prayer, he says, Father, here's what I desire. He says, I, I want them to know that you love them the way that you love me. He's praying for you. I want you to know that I want them to know that you love them the way that you love me. Huh? 
So two times when we look at the way that the father loves the son, we see this affection. We see him speaking life. And I just think if you had locked in your brain the tone of your father when you spend time with God, it might help you actually get alone with him. So when he says, this is my son, it is this statement of, I, I have this. This is my son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. I'm just thinking of it as like three buckets. It's the statement of, you're accepted. This is my son. Every time I see one of my kids and I put my arm around him and say, what's up? You're a Perkins. Let's put your picture on the wall. You look just like your dad. Not many of them do. Most of them look like Renata. But in case, just pretend like I did. This, this, you, you, you're accepted. You're one of us. You're, you're a Perkins. What's up, man? This is my daughter. This is my son. Hey, Addie, Grace, Grace, Grace. You look like your daddy. That was, yeah, you belong. Hey, this, this is my son. Here's the father. This is, this is my son. You're accepted. I live in a culture where everybody's trying so desperately to be accepted. But imagine if you experience just the father just pouring out buckets of acceptance on you every day. Oh, when the creator of the universe communicates to me that I'm accepted, boy, that caused me to not need as much acceptance in the culture. That makes me be able to face the lions of my day a little bit different. Imagine if you had the creator of the universe speaking over you, whom I love. I mean, just showering, like just dump it out, just like a big old bucket. Romans 5, 5 says that the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God into our hearts. Imagine God just speaking over you. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Skylar. Hey, I love you. I have affection for you. You are accepted. And there is affection. There is love for you. I want to pour it out on you. I want you to know how much I love you. Whoo! I might be able to face tomorrow if I know I am accepted. I know that I am loved, the affection of God with whom I'm well pleased. I just like this. You know, every single one of you have spiritual gifts. You know, every single one of you, by virtue of saying yes to Jesus, so you're a part of the body of Christ. So the cross was good to you. So God looks at you with a smile. He's inviting you to be faithful with the gifts and skills and talents that you have. And because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, you say yes to him and he looks at you. And just like he looked at his son, he can look at you and say, mm, with you, I'm well pleased. Yeah, but David, no, that's based on my performance. I don't know. I see a whole lot of moments where Paul looks at in the epistles and he looks at some messed up churches and calls them saints. Saints means holy ones. Some of them ain't that holy yet. You know what? Through the lens of the cross, he's calling people, even in the midst of their brokenness and imperfection, saying, I see that willing cry inside of you. I see you wanting transformation. I think God can look at the most broken person that has said yes to the cross and say, and with you, mm, I'm well pleased with you. I delight in you. With you, I see that cry in your heart to be mine. I see that vision to do that little bit of ministry. I see that little bit of, I see that little bit of transformation where you are intentionally trying to not yell at your kids no more and just smile or be quiet instead of scream so much. But there's something that your God can see. Ministry, transformation. And imagine the kind of person that lives a life 
fueled by prayer. Get alone with that God again who says to you, hey, you're my daughter. With you, I am well pleased. I love, I delight in you. You get that. And you look at your day and those lions look a lot smaller. You look at, you, you get that and you start to sing, because he lives, I can face the lions. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And I know, ho, ho, he holds my future. And life is worth the living just because circumstance is so great. No, because my God is with me. Because I am with him. Because I'm in relationship with God. And it'll start to change your tone. You start to hear his tone. And prayer doesn't become the obligatory mandate from God to prove to God that I like him. No. It's the place that I run to because I love to be with him. I run to the place of prayer. And all of you need to be renewed by God. All of you grow weary. I grow weary. We all grow weary. So we run to the place where renewal happens. I just cleaned my garage two weeks ago. There you go, everybody. So I know you're proud of me. Thank you. Thank you. Bless the Lord. I'm muscle. Renata, I, she's really happy. I cleaned my garage, and at the end of it, I was drenched in sweat. I was extremely dirty. And because I needed to get clean, I went to the place where clean happens. I took a shower, everybody. I took a shower. Here's what happens. When you're in the place where you are weary, discouraged, you go to the place where renewal happens. You go to the place of prayer where he goes, they that wait upon the Lord, I'll renew their strength. I'll give you strength. If you are depleted and you got your gas tank on empty, you can have the smallest news. Hey, I open up that envelope, get that bad news, and I freak out. I see the news on the television. I get the phone call. I get the text, and I'm just like, throw my phone in the pool, <laughs> kind of rage, right? But if you're full, if you've been with him, if you walk with him, you're not desperate. Somebody accept me. Somebody see me. Somebody know me. Somebody affirm me. I have got that in prayer. And because I've got that in prayer, I can face the lion. I can face the struggle. I can face that difficulty. And Daniel went to the place and did what he'd always done. Hey, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. Open up the window, back to the place of prayer where I've always been. So number one is this. Prayer fuels us. Second idea is just this. Prayer changes us. You become a different person. Like it actually transforms you. I was thinking about, for me, and this might be testimonial, not you, but I was thinking about what causes Daniel, when you get the news that you could die, to just go to pray instead of freaking out. What, what does that? More than just a children's Bible story. If this is a middle-aged man story, and I'm trying to put myself in the story. How could I find out about impending death and be okay? Because I've actually known some people that that has happened, and they were okay. How do you get there? Here's what I think. I think a part of this is how you see your ultimate end. I think that I am trained by my culture 
to see my end as comfort and fun. I think that I live in a culture that makes a lot of money off of me being comfortable, off of me pursuing comfort and me pursuing fun, me having this expectation that I will one day get the good life, that one day I'll get out of whatever I'm in so that I could be comfortable. And I think they even train my children in it. Like, I know I always rip on Disney. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm a, I'm I'm not, when I, I'm not ripping on uh, the actual, you know, I'm just, I'm listening to what I hear. And so I listen to, I look at my kids Instagram and I look at the movies and I, and I hear things and I just, the last time I took one of my kids to Disney world, I just remember the fireworks going off and just hearing a whole lot about look inside you and your dreams can come true. Your dreams, my dreams, me and my dreams. And I feel like I get a lot of commercials that are about me and my comfort. And man, if I could just get every car right, every house right, every insurance right, if I can just work out right, if I could just have every car right, if I could just get everything, then I'll be comfortable. And I just feel like I live in a culture where that is the dominant storyline. And I think if Daniel had that storyline as in living in 21st century America, he would freak out right here. What? Don't you know what I got coming for me? But it, Daniel doesn't freak out right here because that's not Daniel's storyline. Daniel's storyline is not that this ends up comfortable, but that he ends up faithful to God. So I read the story and they all lived happily ever after. Close the fairy tale and think, is that what I'm training my kids in? Here's what I got to train my kids in. And they all lived faithful as the body of Christ ever after. I'm changing the fairy tales. Because faithfulness, where your win, your goal, your touchdown, hit the three-pointer, the aim, the goal, the bullseye, is faithfulness. If faithfulness is the win instead of comfort as the win, then I can face difficulty and I'm okay. I'll be faithful to my God through whatever I go through. And you get that as your win. You get that as your goal. That was Daniel's win. That was the win of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so throw me in that furnace. I'm going to be faithful. Throw me in that lion's den. I'm going to be faithful to God. And when that goes, when that's real, not just pious, dreamy, but I've been much with God. So I've been, I've been transformed to where my desires look like him. And you read not just Old Testament narratives. I mean, you read ultimately the way that the disciples were loyal to Jesus. You look at early church. That's where we're going. Like I'm not in this to gain Jesus as a means to get comfortable. Jesus as a means <laughs> to be happy. You will be comfortable and happy. It's called heaven. But in this life, you will have trouble. This is the season. You, God, we just sang it. I'll be faithful to you. You've been faithful to me. Faithful to the end. So prayer is, prayer is that place where it actually changes you. So, so if you feel like you need transformation, just get with them. I was thinking about it. When I'm, when I'm writing in my prayer journal, I've had moments where the Lord has put on my heart, David, when my kids were little and they wouldn't go to bed at night, and I desperately wanted to have just a few moments of quiet. And we had four kids that were under five and we created bedtime. And so it would be like, put them down and then be like, hey, 
hey, tell me another story. Hey, can I have a drink of water? Hey, hey, didn't matter. Just, I'm not, that's, that's an amen. It's just, it's just still screaming. And I remember this moment where I was unkind. And I, I just, as I'm praying in my prayer journal, the Lord says, hey, David, I'm kind. <sighs> or a moment where I yelled at a staff member and the Lord said, I'm gentle. <sighs> or a moment where I got made fun of by some dude and I started to get mad at him in my head. And the Lord said, I forgave on the cross. Can you forgive a bad sentence? Here's what happens. When you get with God, not only are you refueled, but you will start to change. You'll be transformed because it's in that place of getting with God. And if you don't ever do it, you'll just think it's like osmosis. You'll just think like, well, I go to Radiant. I will glow, you know, like <laughs> it's, and you're not, it's, it's, it's when you actually pray and spend time with him and he'll put his finger on it and say, Ooh, and you'll go, Oh God, I want to be transformed into your image. And so yeah, have anything inside of me. You're writing in your journal, and then you're, and I'm not saying it's always writing. I'm, I'm, you, you do you, you, but have a place where you pray, you get with God, and you'll watch. Prayer is the place where transformation starts to happen, where you, and then the last one is this: is prayer distinguishes us. In chapter six, verse two, it says that Daniel distinguished himself. I just love that phrase because I hear in that a choice. And when you read Daniel, Daniel becomes an influencer in Babylon. So here he is taken out of his homeland. He's put into a foreign place and he actually grows into one of the king's uh, leaders. He, he, he works for the king. He possesses influence because he's so massively different. And so, yeah, he, he has discipline and yeah, he's wise. And we see him able to interpret dreams and we see Daniel excelling. And all of those external disciplines that made him a cut above. He was able to make a difference because he was actually different. Started with prayer. It started with this was his core conviction. And this was the place that he went. And I want to invite you to believe. When you get that prayer, peace, you and God, you and alone with him, you'll watch. You'll get stronger and stronger in a whole lot of other areas that where you give God a yes, and you give the culture no, and you will start to distinguish yourself. And you'll start to grow in the workplace as someone who is kind when other people are unkind. You'll be the person that is generous and shows up with the Krispy Kreme donuts when nobody else has ever even thought of it. You'll start to be the person that gives financially to the person at work who's in that desperate place. You'll start to be the person that's there a little bit early. You'll be the person that honors and takes care of people. And the, the, the result of God at work inside of you will actually, you'll, you'll start to be an influencer. You'll start to radiate in Babylon. You'll start to be someone that's different, just like Daniel, but it started. It's relational. It's not just this commitment to be a good person. It's a commitment to know God. It's a commitment to walk with God. And so you can't change a culture that you look just like. If you reflect the culture, you'll never change the culture. So you make a choice to walk with God. He'll make you different. And when you're different, you can actually make a difference. You start to look like the one you spend time with. We all start to do that. I am more like Nathan than I was five years ago, right? Because I hang out with him. I say funny phrases I didn't used to say, like pivot, right? He uses that word all the time. 
He uses these like business, masculine, strong terms. He knows things that, and I use some of that language because I hang out with them. Same is true with God. You spend time with God, you'll use his language, his behavior, what he's like. So be much with him and you'll watch that start to transform your life. All right, three practical things will be done. Number one, I wanna invite you to this, homework. Number one, customize your place of prayer. So here's Daniel. He's got an upper room. Sounds like there's a window. He opens the window towards Jerusalem. He's kneeling. He's old. And that's what he does. What, do you, what does it look like for you? What, what, what's your time and place look like? Daniel prays three times a day. Most of us will, you know, do a whole lot of things during the day other than pray. I want to invite you just to look at how could you schedule first what matters most and create your own. Like customize it. Just make it great. Spend some money on it. Like finish that room, like, like get a, get get the gift card and go to your favorite coffee shop. Just invest in it. Just figure it out. Just work on it. I mean, I mean, maybe like we'll spend a lot of money. We'll spend a lot of money on a, on, on a great discipline. We'll spend a lot of money on reading or we'll spend a lot of money on um, the gym or we'll spend a lot of money on looking good with the right clothes. Just spend a little money. Get a little, just make that time with God. Man, this Go to, go, to, go to the bookstore. Go to Amazon and get some books. Get some prayer journals. Buy, I mean, just what would it look like to care, to make that time great, to think, what, maybe it's not my, maybe it's the time, maybe it's my first and my best. Maybe it's before you go to bed. Maybe it's sitting in the car during lunch, but put, I mean, put some time, some energy into customizing it, making it fit what, what God's called you to and how it could look for you. Second is this, just choose prayer over panic. I want to just invite you to think through it. Just think through it. So when you face the bad news, even this week, first response is prayer rather than first response is panic. I want to invite you just to think through it. What could you do? How, how, how could that grow in you? And so that my dream is this. My dream is that we would be a people that have cultivated real courage through prayer. That's my whole agenda today, that we would be a courageous people. Acts 4. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they took note these men had been with Jesus. When you've been much with Jesus, all the difficult circumstance doesn't crush you every day. You know what it's like to be around somebody that is a roller coaster. Circumstance is good. They're high and happy. (gasps) Bad news comes. They're filled with anxiety. It's all of our temptation. And if you'll, if you'll be much with him and pray. It's kind of what Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, where he says, don't be anxious about anything, but instead through prayer and supplication, or prayer, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Here's what happens. I think you're much with God and you'll start to hear the tone of a God that says, you're, you're my daughter. You're my son. I got you. You're loved. I got you. Hey, you're affirmed. You, you can get off the perpetual treadmill of trying to please somebody and everybody because I find you pleasing. And you can look at lion after lion, challenge after challenge, difficulty after difficulty. And because he lives, because he's at work, because you're a friend of God, 
because you know him, because you're devotional, because you spend time with him, you can face it. And you could be like a Daniel, stare at that lion's den and go, I'm gonna pray. I'm not bowing down to the idols of the day. I will pray to my God and those lions don't scare me. Hey, King Darius, you don't scare me. The last king didn't scare me. Future tense, there's another king coming. He ain't gonna scare me. I'm walking with God. I just dream of a church that's not just one, but all of us step into walking with God, spending time with him. And over time, not in a moment, but over time, live courageous lives. Face anything. And it's not my strength. It's God's strength. God. Prayer's not the secret. God is the secret. Prayer is the means by which I connect with God. And God in you and through you can change your world. We you bow your heads with me. Would you just confess to the Lord right now one lion, one place that you allow yourself to be consumed with anxiety and worry and fear? And we just give that to God. Cast your care on God. Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, that we would be a praying church. I pray that in homes, cars, parks, houses, coffee shops, workplaces, hospitals, schools, colleges, all across Kansas City, there'll be people that are much with God. We pray that that vision statement, know God, would be true of us, that we would know God and we'd walk with God. I pray that you would give supernatural strength to the one who feels extremely weary and discouraged today and that you would speak affection, acceptance, affirmation, delight into their hearts today. Maybe you're somebody that's in the room or online today and you want to begin a journey of faith. You've been living completely with yourself as God. You want to surrender. Go the other way. Give your life to Jesus. Turn, do an about face and give your life to Christ and enter into what he has for you, eternal life. He can transform you and give you new life. You can begin that journey by a prayer of repentance, by just coming before God and saying, God, have all of me. If you want to begin your journey of faith today, would you just pray this prayer just between you and God? Say this, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus and I surrender. I give you my life. Take it. God, transform me. Give me new life in Christ. I give you my life in Jesus' name.